Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Near and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we're chatting about the variety of experiences one can find on multiplayer servers, even within the same game, how compelling we find stories and games to be, and the different voice chat options we've had throughout the years to communicate with each other while playing games. What's up, Brett? What's uh, what's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, a lot more of the same, which I suppose is my usual. So not breaking any molds this week. I've been uh, putting putting a fair bit of time into Space Engineers. I'm finally getting established, kind of, on the new server, um, and learning the the ins and outs of it if you will um so when you say new server last week you were talking about the i think last stand gamers i don't know if you actually right. named it or not but the, yeah. the server uh with the british people because <laughs> <laughs> yep. i was imagining brits arguing and that was funny <laughs> i mean that happened <laughs> yeah anyway um, yeah i mean it, they're a good server they're good guys it's just i could not deal with the the sim speed the simulation speed being like half speed i, I couldn't do it anymore um i didn't want to tell them how to run their stuff because that's not my place you know like if they enjoy that that's fine and and they are they do have more lax rules but that leads to that slower sim speed right so like there aren't as many limitations on the player but that also means that the server just runs really slow um so i I, and i just wanted to know like do all servers run like this right so well let me let me interject there real quick for anyone that didn't listen to last week's episode when you talk about simulation speed, that's so, the, the whole game. So right. the, the sim speed on the last game gamer server was averaging. So the first day it was fine. Second and third day, I thought it was just like they were having some server troubles. There were a lot of crashes and restarts. So whatever. Um, but then after that, as time went on, it stayed pretty consistently at about 40%, mm. which means your running was 40%. Your building was 40%. Your flying was 40%. And that's on top of lag and rubber banding. That's so, cool. It was just dangerous to fly. Like, I got, like, a a mining ship. It's the only ship I have. And if I'm flying, like, I I, and I had, like, a construction bay for it, too, with all the scaffolding. So I had to fly vertically up out of this tube that I had built to build the ship in because I didn't have my jetpack. And then horizontal to fly out. Well, it could lag and rubber band me back into the tube, but then accept my horizontal inputs and I just crash into my own scaffolding. And that was just like in a small confined space and didn't do a lot of damage or anything, broke like a, a piece of stairwell or something. But like on a larger scale, if I was getting into a fight or trying to fly at a higher speed other than like five meters a second or whatever, then I could just rubber band and crash into a mountain or something. And I, I, I on top of that, it just took – it's like not even half game speed, but 40% was really slow and a just running – from place to place to build blocks and get stuff out of your, you know, storage wells and stuff. It was taking for, taking forever, and I just couldn't. As much as I wanted to, uh, I, I like the server, I like the concept, but also I was kind of thinking about it. And, and at forty percent speed, I don't have a lot of blueprints like pre-established that I could just load in. So I was kind of building everything from the ground up. And it was either go into single player and make a bunch of blueprints and hope that I could get them done in enough time to get them on a server to get them in for before the end of the month when it reset or go to a server that doesn't reset as often and 
and just see because I'd asked in in Discord, I was like, "Hey guys, it's like, is this forty percent sim speed something that every is are all servers like this?" And they're like, "Yeah, it, Keen didn't really make this to be a multiplayer game. Like, there's some restrictions in the game where it's not meant to be run on a server, and you have to do all this work to fake the game out because it only recognizes like four cores and so much RAM or whatever." And I was like, I mean, I guess that sounds understandable. It's not beyond, uh, you know, a game maker that makes a game for four people to just open it to a hundred and say, hey, we're not responsible for what happens when you run it like this, right? Like, that's not unheard of. But I was like, I, I just, I finally got to a point where I was like, I'm going to go online. I'm going to check out some of the other servers just to see. Uh, I settled on two that both were had interesting ideas behind them mods full universes whereas the last stand gamers was just one planet a decent player base and they, they were each had their own restrictions that i you know i balked at each of them a little bit um but i i kind of ended up I basically joined both of those discords just to see what their communities were like, right? Mm. So I just kind of jumped in while I was on the, the LSG server and watched for two or three days, just watching how people talk, what what types of when people are on, uh, you know, how active are the voice chats versus the text channels? What are their rules? What are their, do they have... Uh, like one of them had an in-game chat Discord log, so there was a, a there's a plugin where somebody in Discord can chat and it'll send a message to the server in-game, so the whole in-game crew can see it. And you have a complete log and list of everything that's said in-game on Discord, mm. so I could I could actually watch the in-game chat and just see what's happening, right? So I finally settled on uh, Upside Down, um, and it, I, I think it's also probably a british server it seems overseas i actually think it's overseas because our evening there's nobody on but mm -hmm. like our maybe <laughs> like 11 to 2 p.m 11 to 4 p.m our time it's chock full and you can't get in so last uh, two years ago fall of 2018 me and, and a couple of buddies played on a dark age of camelot private server that was a single server based out of, I think Germany was where the guy was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, same exact deal. So like on the weekends, it was great because I could jump on at like 10 a.m. and play until, like you said, four or five, and it's chock full. But if I wanted to play at night, yeah, way more uh, sparse as far right. as population. Because, yeah, European. Well, and, and in this instance, it was kind of funny because on the weekend, I so I'd started playing, I don't know, maybe midweek this last week or so and i haven't been on it too long but i and so i didn't really notice until this weekend when the servers were just chock full and you can buy a pass like a permanent lifetime pass to the server and they've limited the the like open slots available so that there's always room for people with a pass to get in so you can get in when it's over full um but otherwise, you just got to kind of sit in queue with auto retry and auto retry can fail because if it's at 32 out of 30 and goes down, somebody logs out. Uh, Steam still recognizes that as a logout and tries to log you in, but it's still at 31 out of 30. So mm. then it can still fail. So you kind of have to even you have to I, I need an auto logger for my auto logger to like monitor <laughs> right. it to be completely away. Right. Um, but it's funny because I was really contemplating getting the pass but at the same time i haven't played on the server very long don't know how in invested i'm going to be for that much of a pass 
and and it's not the cheapest thing either. Um, it's not super expensive, but it was enough to make me think about it. And it, it was kind of funny because I was like, well, the only times this is really going to matter is on days off, holidays, and weekends. Every other time, I'm logging on when the server is not completely full. And there's still a fair number of players on. And also, it was like, I could just stop no-lifing a game for a minute and go work on personal projects and, like, clean the house, walk the dog, do, you know, normal daytime weekend activities. Right. So it was really hard for me to justify spending that money when I already felt guilty about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this last weekend, I took, I just set auto retry on if I get in great, if I don't. The funny thing is, is I'll usually, I'll, I'll like go do something for an hour and come back and check on my auto retry and I'll load into game and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm loading into game. And then on the screen, it'll be like server restart in 10 minutes. I'm like, ah, because everybody logs off when the server is about to restart. So Mm. the slots all open up and it restarts like four times a day or so. But yeah, I'm getting set up there, and um, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm. It, it's a pure PvP uh, server as well, but the community is still pretty cool. Um, there's, you know, you can have your own faction, and then there's kind of these mega factions, which are called corporations, and so you can have a bunch of small factions ally together, and they do server stuff based off that. There's a, a rare resource kind of moon planet that there you can only get stuff there or by like tiny amounts doing other things but the real amount of it is on this planet so it kind of attracts everybody there i haven't yet gone there but i'm currently building a ship that can the cool thing that they do too is it's a pretty heavily modded server but they have a mod pack and have built a a scenario which is basically like a full game version plus the mod pack already pre-installed um and distribute that on Steam so that you can test in their universe with their mods in single player. Gotcha. And so, like, today, you know, maintenance server's down. Uh, I can still go into that single player world, and I've taken, because, uh, again, still trying to do Nod-based stuff, but I took a couple of different versions of, like, vanilla, no mods, Banshees, and pasted them in but put them so this special thorium planet they call it is also high gravity and a very very thin atmosphere so it's like i don't know how much thrust i need how much turning speed i need how uh, because a vanilla ship's not going to work on there very well so i pasted it in and i've been kind of remodeling uh somebody else's modded ship that they had that was vanilla or not modded, but built ship that was vanilla, and I am adding all of their mods to it so that I, when the server comes up, hopefully I can just print it and maybe go there and see what happens, you know, because I have enough resources now that I've reached that point where I'm not too afraid to die as long as my main base doesn't get found and mm. nuked or something, right? Because I don't have much of a main base, but I've got a ton of resources in it. So it's like, if I lose that, that would that's, you know, a week's worth of gameplay down the drain. Yep. But as but the little ships that I can print off of it is nothing. So right. So you're not worried about losing those as long as right. That's yeah, I can. It, it's basically I can and I have respawn points kind of all over the place. So it, it's not a huge as long as I don't carry a bunch of stuff on me. Now, if I go to the planet and get a bunch of rare resource and die leaving, that kind of sucks. But I'm still only losing what I got getting there. You know. Yeah, and and I know you said the community seems pretty good. Are there any? Are there any rules about griefing or online rating, or are there no yeah, rules? So, 
they yeah. they actually have some good <clears throat> excuse me sorry they have some pretty good stuff set up to kind of combat so it, it combats two things uh one it combats server lag and helps the simulation speed and two it helps with offline griefing and that is there's so you can get protection zones but that costs the rare resource and it it actively burns it to keep your protection zone up uh but then two they've got some mods on that will basically in like normal space engineers you can get in a cryopod and as long as you have oxygen hooked up to it and power you won't die while you're off the server Mm. well in this game they don't allow cryopods because it's they consider you an active player for like the game's code or logic and in their game if somebody is like 80 kilometers away or 80,000 kilometers away, I think actually it's 80,000 kilometers away from uh, another player's grids, those grids despawn. Mm. So it basically, if you, if you build 80,000 kilometers away from another player, their stuff doesn't exist. Okay. And so until they load in, then it all exists again because they are an active player within 80 kilometers of it. Or if you flew to it, you would find it, but it doesn't load. So it's like, like loading in, in Minecraft. Pretty much, yeah. But it also kind of helps like even if you could map hack, um, which I don't know. I haven't looked into because I don't care. Right. Um, but you wouldn't see something unless it considered you an active. So like you couldn't x-ray it. And have it show up because it's not spawned, right? Um, so that that helps. It's it's not really anti griefing. Um, it, it there have been I've seen several players who spawn in and have said that they've gotten shot down in their starter ship. Um, people say like get a jump drive as soon as possible. Like the first couple of days were frantically me trying to find the right resources to get off world, <laughs> mm. and then to get a jump drive which I needed. To, to get out into just empty space. Well, it's interesting because on this server, you're actually, I mean, you're talking about jump drives and getting off world and whatever, but in the other server, the game was still called Space Engineers, but it was really like Planet Engineers because you were you were planet bound. Like the, right. On the, on the original server you were yeah. on. Which so I think that, this is I mean, way cooler. Right. It presented a lot of interesting challenges of its own. Um, sure. And it ensured that all the players would be within a certain range of each other. So you'd be a lot more likely to engage with somebody or make friends or whatever um but it also it it just it it was really the simulation speed i loved everything about it but the sim speed and i guess kind of the fact that i can't always know life a game and so having the server up for a month and then refreshing at that point like while it's probably good for people that are on it all month um for somebody like me it can kind of stink you know because i got kind really of puts unnecessary pressure on time. right then it's like okay do i want to build something nice do i want to participate in events like what am i going to do this month and should i go do it in creative and not be on the server and then just load it in i don't right it was too much it was too much pressure it was it was giving me like not anxiety panic attack time but it was it was stressful and it shouldn't be stressful i should be enjoying it well, because you really have to kind of map out your time because if you're going to, I mean, you, you basically have to be, I would say, established certainly within the first two weeks so that then you can participate in stuff for the last two weeks. So right. if you're not ready in those first two weeks, then it's almost like, well, why even play the last two exactly. weeks? Exactly. So, yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And in this, I mean, like the, the first few days were still stressful because there was always that looming, like somebody might find me. Um, 
but I, I mean, somebody could still find me. I can come back to the game and my base can be totally destroyed. Right. But it's a lot less likely once you have some jump drives. I mean, even the, the base jump is 5,000 kilometers. Even that is a spherical radius around like the starting a starting planet. You could start on several of them that somebody would have to search. So if somebody finds me, it was luck and hats off to them. You know, right. I, it's probably not a bad idea for me to establish a satellite base, you know, 80 kilometers out and just store some stuff there. I'm not quite, I don't quite have the resources to want to invest that time in it yet. Um, but I have I have a little station. I've hidden it, you know, in a spot where it's you know in between like some asteroids and stuff, so it's not going to be very easy to see. Um, but it's not so close that you know uh, somebody that's mining asteroids could accidentally find it. So I, you know, I'm just trying to mess around with some of that stuff. And yeah, you know, as the game progresses, as I get more and more, I'll probably start up multiple bases in several locations and do a better job of getting a base shield that can have a safety zone on it so that I just don't have to worry. Even if I'm found, I can't be griefed unless I don't refill it. Yeah. That all, I mean, I think that all sounds really, um, really interesting and I've never really played. So the two games I've played that are in this vein, roughly uh, online like that would be Minecraft, which Minecraft, you know, certainly presents an infinite world in any direction you want to go. But especially when you start, like you just have to hoof it and there's not really ever, you don't ever build a spaceship, right? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could, you could say, well, I'm going to go build, you know, 10,000 chunks out, but you have to run 10,000 mm-hmm. chunks out first, which, you know, is not interesting. And you can, you um, might get to the nether and maybe get a, a, you know, a horse or something into the nether and then run. Yeah. But then you have to build a bridge and people can just follow you if they find your and bridge. You, and you have to have been established enough initially to build that. Right, right? yeah, to get so, to that point. Um, and then Ark is the other one. And Ark, Ark is strange. So Ark itself is not a... I mean, the, the game map is big for a, a game map, I guess. But it, it's also just, you know, like at least the default game is an island. And, and really all of the different maps that they have are limited. You know, it's not outer space, right? So, right. Um, so the way that they kind of make the PvP... You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. A feature of their PvP, we'll just say, I don't know what their intent is, is that other servers, you can raid from server to server. So you don't have to just uh. fight on your own server. So like when me and my buddy played on a public server and, and we'd no-lifed it for a month, yeah, what ended up happening was we got, when we eventually got our base completely destroyed, it was from someone offline, or from excuse me, I should say someone from another server, and we were offline. Right. So it was, I don't. It was actually just kind of really disappointing because, uh, like, there's no chance of retribution or even negotiation. Like, we can't possibly get a hold of them because we don't know who they are because they're not from our server. So we can't. Right. Now, we can't spawn and be like, oh wow, all our stuff's gone. Well, let's get some materials and then go raid them back if they're not. Right. Like, none of that's possible. So I like that, A, this is a, a closed server environment in so much as that other servers aren't raiding you. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that there's enough space that you can hide. You can yeah, build this The space technically is infinite, and yeah. you can get, like, resources and stuff that way. You can't get the ultra-rare resource. But then there are, like, I don't know, four or so planets, and they're all 
I mean, there's there's they're distance away from each other, but they don't move. There's you won't find any more planets. Like it's just okay. those. But the rest of the space is infinite, so you can go way out and yeah, the it becomes exponentially more difficult to find you the further you go out. Right. So I mean that what? does present some like everybody goes and sits in their corners until they build up their ultra starship and and hit the max limits of everything that you can put on a ship on the server and then try to fly their battle cruiser somewhere but that just takes a lot of effort and dedication to to do and to do that without going and getting any of the rare resources is just time consuming mm-hmm. and they they encourage things so like you can refine resources at a, and increase your refining speed they have tiered modded blocks so you can tier up to like tier 9 but those oh, use wow the modded resource in increasing amounts to make them mm. right. <clears throat> but they also have a location that just is a refinery that refines stuff ultra fast and has the added benefit of uh, giving you 300% yield. So it gives you three times whatever you put into it. Uh. So that's like super beneficial, especially if you just mined a bunch of the rare resource, like you mm-hmm. want to refine it there. And they even say this is the spot to do it, but it's also not a safe zone. So if you catch somebody refining stuff there and kill them, then you get all their yield, right? right. So it's a kind of, there are incentives. It's this kind of risk-reward stuff that they put into the game occasionally, and I really like that. I like that they're encouraging combat, not for, like, anger's sake, but, like, for fun. Like, they encourage, they do some events sometimes where they just spawn in five of the same ship and per team or whatever, and you guys go at it it's just free for all or whatever it's some scenario but you don't even have to risk your own resources it's just a pvp event you know so i'm like that's kind of cool i'm i'm interested in see i don't know how often that happens or or if there's a schedule or anything but i'm interested to play play around and and i like it so far i've kind of restarted the story of the the nod engineer you know getting dimensionally transported out here and and losing a bunch of blueprints but there being other people so alternate dimension timeline whatever my own fanfic right right. (laughs) my own excuse to make a bunch of nod inspired stuff in space engineers (laughs) so this is this example i'm about to provide is is obviously really different but it kind of reminds me when you're talking about refining on that space station or whatever or that planet that's got the rare resources and getting more bang for your buck but the risk is that you could be robbed basically while you're trying to do that. Uh-huh. It reminds me a lot of actually the PVP system in the game, the division and the division two, uh, which are Ubisoft titles that are, they're kind of MMOs, but they're, they're more in line with like destiny. They're yeah. They're kind of the third person world. over the shoulder. It's it kind is. of shootery and kind of, it it's, is, but they're modern. Like the, the, the storyline behind that was something about like uh, money being distributed with a virus on it or something, right? Like, yeah, I don't know how the virus happens. That may that very well may be. I, of course, I've played both of them, but don't actually. Play <laughs> um, but yeah, it, yeah. Basically, there's a virus that's wiped out most of society, and so it's kind of a you know return to this. Like, there is still a government, but there's a lot of rogue factions that no longer respect the official right kind of fall of civilization sort of thing but not right. not completely nuclear time like fallout not quite exactly not that sparse yet um but anyway the pvp in that is what they call the dark zone so you have the normal map where you do all the pve and then they have these dark zone spots 
And when you go into the dark zone, it, the idea is that it's like contaminated and there are NPCs there that you can fight and they drop uh, powerful loot, but the loot is contaminated. So when you pick it up, you can't immediately start using it. Instead, what you have to do when you get the loot is go to one of a few designated drop points in that zone and summon a helicopter. So you press a button or whatever, and it calls a helicopter. And well, the helicopter takes, and I don't know the exact times, let's say 90 seconds to get there. Well, when that happens, an alert goes out to everyone else in that instance of the dark zone that you're in. Uh, instead, so, helicopter on the way. Gotcha. Right. And then when the helicopter gets there, you have to hook your stuff up to a rope that drops out and then wait like a minute while the helicopter allows time for people to attach their stuff, and then it takes back off and flies away. Well, if you successfully accomplish all of that, then when you leave the zone, you'll get the gear uncontaminated or whatever. Nice. But it creates a very similar kind of dynamic. I mean, again, totally different game, but a similar dynamic where, like, you you want the loot that you've got, mm-hmm. but there's this risk in summoning it. And when someone else runs up, they might rob you, but they might also have gear that they want to get. Right. So they they just wanna, I just want to. I just want to put it on the helicopter. Just let me do right, it. Exactly. Yeah. You don't own the helicopter when you summon it. Anyone could use it. But if you put your gear up and then they kill you, they can take your gear back off and then reattach and then re- themselves. Yeah. And now it's theirs. So s- similar kind of risk reward system. Um, again, very different game. But it just made me. It just made me think of that whenever you were <laughs> talking about the. Yeah, I'm interested stuff. to see what happens when uh, when I do get to the i don't know if there's just going to be a barricade around it of you know ultra ships or something that and i just get one shot or if it's going to be people you know actually mining it or if i'm going to be alone because there's a lot of other i mean there's a whole there's like four other planets and each of them has certain things to do everybody's going to be building their own stuff if there's 15 people online there's a chance that just nobody's there at that moment you know like And, you know, maybe there's, and maybe I can befriend somebody that's there and like, Hey, I'm not going to shoot you if you don't shoot me. Like we are both getting the rare resource. You go to your side. I go to mine. Like, right. Well, and you almost form kind of an uneasy alliance where mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, we won't rob each other. And maybe if someone else shows up, then we'll we'll fight them. Yeah. To stop them from robbing us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And arc, there's all sorts of caves that have like ultra rare resources or there's these three obelisks that, have resources and you can upload that's actually where you have to go in order to upload your stuff to these obelisks to then transfer servers to raid another Mm, server okay so the way that it goes in that game though is that the alpha tribes which there's one on every public server as far as i've ever seen they set up like metal barricade which metal is the strongest material or one of the strongest materials in the game but these really impenetrable barricades around the cave entrances and then cover them in turrets so even if they're not online, you can't go to the cave because the automated defenses kill you. Right. Now, some of them on a couple of the servers I played on were actually nice enough that if you asked in chat, hey, can anyone come let me in the cave? Someone would actually fly over and disable the defenses and let you in. That's cool. And some of them held it hostage and you had to pay for access. Right. Some of them won't let you access it. Um, so hopefully you don't encounter hopefully you don't encounter that because that wasn't fun i didn't think right now and the good thing is is there are alternate methods to get the rare resource not in as many amounts but there's like there's an asteroid event that spawns and it puts up a server warning that, that gives asteroid spawning in one hour you know 30 minutes five minutes asteroid spawns gives a gps location so everybody can go 
rush it and it's like chock full of the rare resource so that's like the one that i probably am not going to participate in because that's probably warship time right yeah. but there's also some places that give a smaller reward um but you can go there's different stations that you can go and collect small amounts of the resource so you know if the asteroid event spawns that's probably a really good time to go to one of those smaller areas mm -hmm. because everybody else all of the big players anyway you know where they're at right right yeah i mean honestly man hearing you you know having talked about this but you've been playing it for i don't know close to two months at this point maybe it's, i mean i don't know yeah, exactly, but somewhere in there yeah i've put in quite a few hours here lately um but man like <laughs> I just want to play Eve Online constantly, <laughs> yeah. But I can't because I know I don't actually want to play Eve Online. Right. I like the like, idea of Eve so much more than the actual game. <laughs> yeah, well, and on it, like the game, yes, the game is a really cool game. Yeah. It's just that it's such a learning curve, mm -hmm. and I mean, I started. I think the first time I ever played Eve Online was probably like two thousand six i mean wow. a long time ago yeah and if i would have you know if i would have kept playing that whole time i would be some like super god and that's that's like point. investing in bitcoin in 2006 though yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i didn't if, know if you would have bought like 10 bitcoin and kept your eve online account you'd just be the happiest man alive right now. i would <laughs> be yeah yeah but yeah eve is is so cool but it's just so complicated but it's like it offers so much of i mean now to be clear it doesn't offer building in the same way that space engineers does but it does offer you can i mean you can ultimately build giant space stations and you can you don't build them by hand but you can right build right but you get you buy their you know templates and and put mm -hmm. it together yeah yeah mm -hmm. and they have the super and, motherships and stuff like yeah yeah super cool and it's all one single server of course i just have to relate everything to an mmo no matter what you say <laughs> i find mmo hooks so to so and i i don't have a lot of information on this i haven't even really looked into it too far um but there is an mmo that i might play coming oh. out soon that i was thinking about possibly like hey maybe it's we should play this world of warcraft shadowlands it's not oh, <laughs> I thought that it would doesn't be have the words world or of or Warcraft in it at all. Huh. You sure it's an MMO? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Guess I'm just going to uninvite. There we go. Oh, we boy. Over. Uh, don't, you wow. don't need the link. You probably wouldn't be interested. It's not wow enough for you. Wow. Oh. Anyway, what is the game, please? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, it's called Core Punk. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a in, inspired by like um, kind of a God, what is it? Shadow? It's not Shadow Punk. No, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, a, oh, oh! I know Shadow Run. Oh. Yeah, there we go. It's kind of inspired by in that vein is gotcha. an open world MMO of interesting proportions. So like the steampunk, except cyber so i think they call kind it of, yeah like it's a cyberpunk it does look like it has some fantasy elements it looks like it has some sci-fi elements like i said i haven't even watched the the full trailer for it i saw some news on it and i read an hmm. article this is actually a few weeks ago that i read the article it looks kind of like uh, almost like it like a diablo kind of gameplay to it um hmm. probably more fantasy than cyberpunk like it's not like 
I guess it's not really Shadowrun. It, it I, I pulled it up just to double check. It actually does kind of look like WoW, which is funny. So, but I don't know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can lure you in with the art style. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you now complete departure and right? Whatever, are are you excited about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? So. I this is the funny bit. I am as excited for Cyberpunk 2077 as I was for Crisis because and almost in the same way, my current computer can't run that game. I'm actually so happy it got delayed. <laughs> Do you have more time to save up and get one? I have a chance now that I can get a good enough PC to run that game. Are you sure though because I mean it's coming out on like PS4 and stuff. So, I mean, and that hardware is not cutting edge in the consoles. Yeah, but I, it looks like it's one of those, like, it looks like we'll port it to PS4, but we're making it for PC. Yeah. Like, it looks like, it's not like a No Man's Sky scenario where we made this for PC and I guess we'll try to port it, or we made it for PlayStation, we'll try to port it to PC. It looks like a PC game. So yeah. I would imagine that the PC can run it in better graphic settings or whatever. It, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not letting myself get too overhyped for it. Um, yeah, yeah yay Keanu Reeves, like yay bunch of oh, other right. big name people and the setting. I mean, I loved all the Deus Ex games, um, mm -hmm. except for the one like expansion pack, the really old one. Any, I don't remember. It's the unnamed one. <laughs> gotcha. But I like the newer them. ones, like the Mankind Divided and and Humanity Human Evolves or whatever, yeah, yeah, uh, both really good. Um, yeah. So and it's in that style, and right. a lot of the stuff is kind of similar, just in the amount of visual stunning that is in that game. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it, but I'm also not. They teased it originally, like what, five years ago or something with like the bullet grazing the person's cheek and it showing like shattering and, and armor underneath it or whatever. Right. But that was, and then that was it. That was just the whole teaser. Did you ever play, this is a really old game, but did you ever play syndicate back in the day? I played syndicate wars. Okay. Um, which was syndicate, but XCOM. Okay. You had like a four person team. Well, that's what syndicate was. Oh, okay. Also. The original syndicate was made by Bullfrog, yeah, in like mid '90s, yeah, um, and it was that was my first introduction to that because it's very much that kind of world, like future cyberpunk kind of thing. Right. Shadowrun kind of in that that same vein. Um, so I guess Syndicate Wars predates Syndicate. Oh wow, okay. Well, maybe I played Syndicate Wars because I, I'm I, so the so Syndicate Wars came out in the PlayStation era. And oh. Syndicate came out in 2012. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Syndicate that came out in 2012 was a shooter. Yes. It was not in any way... Yeah, so Syndicate Wars was the four-person XCOM okay. style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what game we're talking about then. I love so that. I had the nuclear hand grenade, which was amazing. I don't know. Syndicate Wars was 96, but the game I'm play I played actually was earlier. It's just called Syndicate. It's oh. from 1993. Um Actually published by EA, your hated oh, writer. Wow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Syndicate Wars I have not seen, but Syndicate is, yeah, is definitely the one I play. But anyway, since then, I've always really enjoyed that setting. Like, I think it's a cool, uh, yeah, just a really cool setting. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Cyberpunk. 
Um, but I, I find myself in the same boat. I mean, honestly, I don't really get, especially a new IP. It's hard for me anymore to get overhyped about a new IP because right. you just never know what they're going to deliver. Now, Doom Eternal, I am pumped for because well, mostly I know because Doom twenty sixteen was amazing. Yeah, I wasn't pumped for Doom exactly. Yeah, but I am now because I know how awesome the most recent one was. Right. And everything I've read is that the new one is just more of that, except even better. Right. So yeah. I'm very excited for that. But that's, yeah, again, a sequel. You know, obviously it's Doom. But but again, Doom 3 did not leave me excited for no. Doom 2016. No. <laughs> so, Doom 3 was horrible. Yeah. So, so something else, actually, to kind of piggyback off that cyberpunk thing. Um, so the company that makes Cyberpunk is CD Projekt, mm-hmm. and they, they also make the Witcher series, but they also run Good Old Games, which if anyone that. out there has not been to Good Old Games, yeah, um, you should totally check it out. It's super, I mean, they have modern games that you can buy, but they also port, I don't know about literally all, but of a, a huge library of old games like Syndicate and probably even Syndicate Wars you could find there. Right. Um, and yeah, you can play it on modern PC. And all of the games that they sell are DRM-free. Yeah. Which is also really cool. Uh, so, like, The Witcher, you could buy from them, and it's, but you can get just a standalone DRM-free copy. You don't have to have Steam or something. Right. Anyway, I bring that all up because they recently... So they have... Therefore, you know, you've got Steam, or you've got the, the Battle.net launcher, or you've got Uplay, or Origin from EA. Like, all these different software... Launchers. Storefront slash launchers, yeah. yeah, slash libraries. Epic obviously yeah, has their bring epics is up and Yep. Um so Gog has what they call Gog Gog is good old games, uh, but good old games Galaxy. And that's their launcher or whatever. Well, they've actually just gone through a pretty extensive process, and I, I think it's technically still in beta, but you can easily get the update as I did. Um, but it's the 2.0 version of their their Galaxy launcher. And it actually features integrations into all of the other platforms except Battle.net. I didn't see one for Battle.net for for the Blizzard games. Right. But Origin, uh, Uplay, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, Epic, and then games for – and then GOG, of course, is is native. But you can link all of your accounts, and it will will show your entire game library from all of those places – right in the GOG Galaxy window. And then it will also pull your friends list from all of those and show you all of your different friends that are on the different platforms and, you know, what they're <laughs> playing, what you would see. Now, the game still ultimately, you know, if you launch a Steam game, it's still... Launch, still it has to launch through Steam, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't change any of that. But, like, for me, who's, <laughs> frankly, just kind of a collector of <laughs> virtual titles at this point, I mean, I own over a, a thousand games total, from all those platforms, I mean, over 800 of them are on Steam, but I just really enjoyed being able to see my entire collection from all of these platforms in one place. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm not, no, we're, we're I not, think that'd be that's, that's pretty intense. Like, yeah, very cool. And I, I mean, because Steam offers a little bit of that, but you have to manually add each game add it as a non-steam game and import it and do all of those steps yourself like right and with this you're well and with with steam if you let's say you put an origin game in there 
if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty certain, let's say that you didn't have Origin open, you would have to open Origin and potentially log in if you don't have it set up to auto log in and all that. But with GOG, because you're entering your credentials, you don't have to open those things first. and It'll just automatically right. do all, got all that information integrated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're, you know, if you're someone with PC games across multiple libraries, really, really cool uh, solution from them to to kind of combine all of that. Because I mean, that again, I, I I certainly did not care about Epic as much as some parts of the internet. But I get the sentiment that, like, how many launchers are we going to have? Right. I mean, it's kind of like TV streaming. Like, really, Disney Plus? Like, really? How many more streaming services can we tolerate? Right. Um, so it's nice to see someone, in this case, CD Projekt, trying to go out and actually find some sort of workaround to make it not. Can we just so- have a universal USB adapter instead. It was like the cell phone age when everybody had their own power cord. Oh, man. You needed like so 400 awful. different adapters and i don't even think i don't even think this like i don't even think if you had a samsung phone and then two years later got a different samsung phone, no yeah it would be a different adapter it'll be different it, right and not even, even two years just the next phone <laughs> yeah like every different samsung because they would all be form factored to mm-hmm. fit that particular style yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that was a nightmare um but anyway yeah so gog pretty cool worth checking out nice. if you if you have the library um, so what have you uh, what have you been doing this last week? So I actually am more similar to you this week. Oh, um, in that I have actually only played stuff that I've already been playing. <laughs> so last week we talked about um, how I had played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. So the same two people that I'd played that with before actually came back over this last weekend, and we actually finished it, and nice. completed the game. Yeah, yeah, and also another so double rarity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only because two other people are here and they're both completionists. Like one of them, one of them. So one of them is one of my best friends, and the other one is his girlfriend. And I know her okay, but I mean, she doesn't know me as a gamer at all. This right. is the first time we've ever gamed together. And like you would have called me out instantly because you know how I am, where I want to constantly buy a new game and switch oh. and whatever. And so we're we're sitting here uh, before we start playing, and I've got Steam Big Picture up on the on the big screen, and I'm I'm perusing other couch co op games that we could play, and I'm like, yeah, we could play like River City Ransom Underground, or we could play Castle Crashers, or you know, there's just there's several other games that we could play that might be a fun time for uh, for co op. Nidhog isn't really co op, but right. it would be that could be fun to to switch off and play head to head in that. And and she was like, well, those all sound great, but I mean, we've got to finish this one first. And it was like a very honest, like, again, she didn't yeah, it was know. Just like, right, why don't we just finish the one we have? Yeah, well, let's just finish this one, and then, yeah, we can look at those. And it was just like. would be like, yeah, Walker, why don't we? Why don't we finish this one? I know, I had to definitely swallow and just like, all right, all right, we'll finish this one, no big deal. Why wouldn't I want to finish I love it. It's a great game. Yeah, why don't I want to, you know, complete a game? The truth is, is that the Lovers in Dangerous Space Time is a very fun game, and we were actually pretty close to the end. Um, there's basically like five, we'll call them worlds, that then have sub levels within them, you know, a la NES Mario, you know, one right. one and one two or whatever. It doesn't work exactly like that, but effectively, oh, yeah. that's the premise. Anyway, so we were on the last world when we stopped last time. Um, so yeah, we were able to get through it. And, uh, yeah, it was a very, it was a very fun experience. It's definitely something that I would recommend 
you need at least three. If you have two, it's too chaotic because there's four separate guns that are on, you know, top, bottom, left, and right. And there's, it's not instant to go from one station to the next. You've got to climb up and down ladders and run through rooms to change stations. Uh, And then someone's got to drive, someone's got to do force field. So if you only have two people, you basically have to have someone driving and force fielding. And and then you've got to sacrifice for one of those to have someone gunning. And with three, you can have someone always driving, someone always defending, and then someone hopping around between guns. That's cool. Four would be ideal because then you could have two gunners. But either way, um, yeah, totally fun game. Couldn't couldn't recommend it enough. And again, you could do it with the Steam remote play. Right. Um, you don't have to be local to do it. And, and so, it so be... is this like the first time that you've seen the end credits of a game? Like, no. <laughs> well, now I feel like we're just being a little rude. Um, it's true. It's true. I am. I... <laughs> but no, did it did it have did it have a good conclusion? Like, was it did it have a turn of events? Because I know it was a little bit. It's kind of roguelite, uh, or is it a, a, a linear? No. Yeah, no, it's not really roguelite. It's it's basically. I, I don't even remember exactly what happened. Basically, like the some evil thing comes and love gets dispersed everywhere, and so then you go and find it, and at the end it says love prevails, yeah. and you know it shows some little thing that's that's actually the truth is that i actually just it's very hard for me to care about video game stories um and it's not that none of them are good once in a while something will strike me like i always talk about i won't go into but like shadow of the colossus um or i don't know the final fantasy games you know some of them have had some pretty compelling stories so it's it's not to say that there are no good stories out there a lot of them are just you know, like I've played through the recent Tomb Raider games. I think those games are fun games, but I don't think that the story is really all that compelling. It's, right. It, and, and part of it's the presentation. Like, having the character constantly jump to a ledge and you have to press the B button a bunch of times to get them to hold on right. isn't compelling to me. And it, it kind of breaks that immersion. And kind of like I talked about, I think it was last week with, with The Witcher. Or maybe that was on the walk show, actually. I don't remember, but... <laughs> I think I talked about it here, though, but like where, you know, in The Witcher, they try and constantly make you have these moral dilemmas and you're supposed to, you know, really weigh heavily on whether or not you'll you'll attack someone. But the actual gameplay is you just massacre people. Right. And so it's like it, it shatters that illusion of it's like in Tomb Raider. It's the same, that, that is the same way with like Fallout. Like, yeah. they try to have this serious storyline with these, like, intricate decisions, but all the rest of the time, you're just murdering every raider and yes. person that gets in your way and stealing from everyone. And Well, and like in, like in Tomb Raider, for example, in the first one, there's a moment where, because, you know, Lara Croft's trying to survive out in the wilderness, so there's a moment where she decides she's going to kill a deer for food. And, like, it's really hard for her to kill the deer. She's, like, almost crying, or maybe even is crying, and, like shoots it and it's it's a very reverent thing and i get it i'm not saying that killing animals is not a big deal it is but <laughs> that is immediately juxtaposed with you then encounter henchmen which yeah the the leaders of the henchmen are evil but the henchmen just work there to some extent right yeah and you don't just shoot them there's moves where you like walk around a corner behind a dude hit him in the stomach with the butt of your shotgun so he he gasps and doubles over and then into his gasping mouth, Laura Croft jams the shotgun up and then blows his head off. Like, 
that is not that is that does not resonate with you found it hard to kill a deer. Right. Like, that's one of the most brutal kill scenes that I've seen in any game. Right. Um, so it's it's those, and I don't mean to just pick on Tomb Raider or, or The Witcher, but like it's those kinds of things that that just make it hard for me to stay locked in to it. And I'm very much more what's the gameplay and do I, do I think the gameplay is compelling? For sure. And that's fair. I, I mean, you know, I just have to give you grief on it, but I, I no. get it. I, I, I do understand it. I mean, I'm still, I'm not quite the completionist. Like I have a really good friend when we were playing through Halo two, uh, I was compelled to beat it and, and finish the storyline. And he was compelled to go back through on legendary and get all of the skulls. Like, yeah. and do all of the 100%, and not just 100%, but then S-complete challenges. Like, A rank isn't enough. He has to get the double S platinum ultra hard rank and stuff. There's only one game, two games, that I've ever come close to being that completionist with. Um, one of them is Armored Core 4 Answer, and the other one is Need for Speed Underground 2. <laughs> <laughs> Very okay. different sides of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> the only right. reason that four answer happened was because I would just got on a roll. I found a good combination by chance and S ranked a lot of levels and then double S ranked a lot after that. And I was like, well, now I have to go back and just double S rank the rest of them because I'm already on the run, you know, mm. um, and then need for speed underground. You just have so many cool unlocks. And most of that game was like, yes, I want neon NOS ejectors on my windshield wipers of course i do you know like right, right. yeah I, I think also some of it is is just how much i play mmos um especially when i started playing mmos there weren't a lot of quests and if there were there wasn't a lot of dialogue now right. you know in world of warcraft and every quest has a little thing to read with it and tries to present a story the problem is is that most of those stories aren't that interesting like finding a guy in the woods who's like, help me quick. I need 10 bear pelts so I can make a hat for my son or something. And it's like, okay, but then you do that. And then you can watch as the next MMO player runs up and also needs to go get to, you know what I mean? Wait, like that, that always that. Did kind of break a lot of things for me. I think that the only ones that kind of got okay with it that I could, could take anyway, was like the city of heroes, city of villains and champions mm. type stuff because at least then they're just always it felt very comic booky like the joker's at it again you know like okay well fine. And something that that game did that was different was it instanced all of the all of the zones where you go and fight um there so, was some there was some open open oh, okay. there they were still instanced zones but other random people could show up and okay they could be behind you in the quest and you could be a couple steps ahead so i see there was and then there was just a lot more of the quests were set up like dungeons for other games where it would be just an instance with whoever you brought in or mm -hmm. solo and i think that i i liked that a lot more because at least it did feel like you were progressing the storyline and that it mattered and you didn't just see 50 people like warframe does that too where it's just like it's hard for me to like care about the main story when there's just 50 people at the trader that i'm supposed to be some rare gifted right. person like one in a million and whatever like there's just 500 of us here <laughs> 
Yeah, see Destiny 2, and I'm sure Destiny 1, but Destiny 2, where, yeah, like, the whole game is, this whole story is told as, as a single-player story, where one guardian is the hero of the people, which is you, except that you can even have up to four people in your party. Right. You know, or a raid or, or something, or whatever it is, but it's like, you, it, it immediately destroys that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would need to be something I, like, um, what is the the t- tomorrow die another day the one with uh tom cruise where he keeps dying and coming back to life yeah. like that should just be in a video game world where it's like there's infinite copies of you like like infinite neos in the matrix and you're all the one but you just all have to do it until you figure it out then right. it would be hilarious then it would make sense like, well, like the one mmo that comes to mind when i think of like wow what a great story or, or at least what a great job of like being immersive and creating a great story is the secret world. I was about to say the secret world. But the secret world really plays like a single player game. Yeah, like it does not lean into the MMO in the way that most Until MMOs. you want to exit a zone, then you kind of have to do the raids, at least to get mm-hmm. the story out of it. Like you can just go to the next zone, but you won't know why or how you got there. Like right. you have to complete the raid and they can be difficult. Like I remember the first raid is like the Cthulhu boss thing and I didn't know what was going on. And mm-hmm. yeah, but no, that is, a, that is again though, like you said, it would probably have just been a great single player game. Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, anyway, all that's just to, to go back to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I don't always complete games, but um, I think that, yeah, it's because ultimately story doesn't, isn't what is going to compel me on its own. Instead, I have to think that the gameplay itself is compelling enough. And then if the story is tagging along with that, great. But just to see the story, especially in the internet age, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I, I think <laughs> I'll put up with a lot more bad mechanics to see story. Not, and yeah. the, I have my breaking point. I won't deal oh, with sure. it. You know, but I'll put up with more of it, especially when it comes to endgame stuff, kind of like we discussed, like final bosses and things. But mm-hmm. Or I'll mm-hmm. cheat. I'm, I'm also just not afraid of cheating. <laughs> we also discussed. Yeah. Right, um, right. Which, of course, you can't do in like an MMO or anything. Well, you can't easily do in most. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about multiplayer whether that be the the couple of different servers that you've checked out or um the couch co-op that i've been doing or the mmos which to be clear i don't really have any more fun stories like the top gun (laughs) one but i have also continued playing wow classic and retail over the last week um i'm actually (laughs) very close to max level in both now with the characters i've been playing and i don't know which one will get to max level first which is kind of amusing place your bets everybody yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Make a contest out of it. <laughs> well, but something that, that, that you and I have discussed previously that I think is is an interesting part of um, of online gaming is the voice chat options that we've got and kind of the evolution of that. I remember when, when I very first started playing MMOs, like someone having a vent server was pretty much the only way that I ever interacted with anyone yep. in voice, you know, was, was event server. Uh, and then that, and then team speak was also popular. TeamSpeak grew. I mean, vent was still event kind of grew out of like IRC and which was like internet forums and chat rooms time. And vent was mm-hmm. kind of the first big one to gain a lot of traction for voice. 
Um, TeamSpeak did come, I mean, TeamSpeak was a while later, but it, I remember I didn't use Vent for very long, but I also wasn't very early in voice chat options. I came along right as TeamSpeak was starting to gain traction, so I just kind of latched onto it as my, my main first one. Like, I spent a little bit of time on Vent, but I was a lot more in TeamSpeak. Yeah, I actually very rarely use TeamSpeak. Like, basically, the only time I used TeamSpeak was there was a couple of times in my random MMO playings where I would encounter a guild that I was going to join or something where that's what they used. So they right. would demand that you had TeamSpeak. Uh, but Vent was definitely more prevalent for me, honestly, all the way up through 2012, probably, you know, when I was still playing WoW back then in raiding. We we were in a Vent channel to, right. to raid. Um but yeah, and and you know, Vent was very bare bones. I mean, it's literally just you could design different. You could set up multiple chat rooms within the server, right? And that's it. There's there's chat rooms, and then a list of names who, of people who are in that room, and and that was it. Teamspeak offered more of an interface where you could put text messaging stuff and like a kind of a bulletin board, right? And, and more of the kind of individual profile stuff like not a, not as much mm-hmm. but more like now you can have an avatar and maybe a, a 255 word text box about you or something right right and then i remember there was a while where a lot of games were trying to like wow has an integrated voice chat at this point. yeah i've never heard anyone use it ever but it's there yeah um Space Engineers and does, and I think a, a lot of games, especially for a while, like you said, their most games were trying to get their own in-game chat, and nobody knew why. Well, I think it was because it was because it, it, it was just evident that to have truly kind of complicated multiplayer scenarios play out, you just had to have voice chat. Like it's too hard even in raiding in an MMO or something, let alone trying to play like a Counter-Strike or something like that, right. it's just too hard to stop and take your hands off of the keyboard and mouse. Type something. Yeah, in order to type something. Well, and, like uh, but I just mean that like a lot of people, as that started happening, both Vent and TeamSpeak were pretty huge. And, and they were, most both of them required you to that's pay true. That's to have true. a server. But that was the thing, is that there was this barrier of entry where especially if you're like a kid, like a high school kid or younger or whatever, you just don't have access to voice chat unless you either are technical enough to know how to set up your own server, which wasn't insane, no, but, still, but still, or know someone who has one, but then you're kind of at their mercy. That's true. So I, I think that's where it came from because you saw it honestly in the console side, like mm-hmm. I, I actually just watched a thing the other day, but the, the SOCOM series, do you remember that from oh, PlayStation Lord. two? Yep. I know. Right. So that actually was one of the pioneering games in including voice chat because SOCOM had voice chat through PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really kind of set the tone for you know, games just needing voice chat in order to to really, again, get the most out of them, if you will. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know when it came out, but insert Discord. Which started with... as a web app. Really? Yeah, that was Yeah, so that was the big... That was one of the big things. There were two big things about Discord. One was anybody could set up a server for yep. free. And two, it was started as a web, an online interface. Hmm. So it was just a website. And you could go and log in and make your own server or join anybody else's. It, it actually was a lot closer to 
like AOL chat room time, only it saved your favorite chat rooms on the side. But I remember the first times that I used Discord, I remember using it mostly for the text base and all online. Like I remember it being a big deal when the app came out. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I I don't remember the first time I saw it. I, I remember actually in probably like 2014, 15, somewhere in that range. But I remember we were going to, I was going to play an online game with some local people. And then there was a coworker who was out of state that was going to join us, a couple of them. And we were, they were like, what do you guys use for voice? And I was like, oh, we just use vent. And they were like, well, we've got a discord server set up, but I thought that they meant like a vent server. Like right. they had their own physical server set up. Uh, and yeah. And just being like, oh, I don't know what discord is, but okay. why wouldn't you just vent? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if you really want us to fine, but what's wrong with vent? Uh, and yeah, little did I know discord is a complete game changer in that space. I mean, not only, can anyone set up a server but you can set up infinite rooms within the server and have all sorts of rules and mo- i mean every mmo that i play now any guild you want to join has a discord yep. that you need to join and most of them the discord is absolutely restricted except to like a welcome page mm-hmm. until you check box some... the rules or and mm-hmm. the the lsg server the last dance game server that i was on their discord was auto hooked to patreon so the minute your payment cleared through Patreon, as long as you put in the right username into Patreon and linked it to your Discord, it would just open up supporter chat rooms that were only for people that had mm. – so like they're just hidden and you can't see them until you bonk. And then it's just instant. It's just Those are open automatically. There's a lot of servers for like streamers and stuff that will automatically post when that person is streaming. They just have a bot so that when they click so I'm streaming live on Twitch, boop, it posts in their Discord so it can notify everybody there. Like the amount of functionality and bots that you can put into Discord. I've I started one of the the D&D campaigns that I was running. We started originally as a Discord bot that allowed you to like roll dice and do oh. certain commands and keep a character sheet. You could input your character sheet so it could automate, like, if your character leveled up or if the DM wanted to give experience or gold or whatever, it could keep track of all of that for you. Um, we switched to roll 20 not too long after, but just the fact that there were half a dozen different bots to choose from for a DM mm-hmm. bot was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, well, and, I mean, like, you've you've used discord pretty extensively. There's a, a game company that we've talked about a lot, butterscotch shenanigans that, yep. you know, crash lands is their biggest title. They've got level head and early access right now. Yep. And I mean, that's really, isn't that really the primary way that you've kind of interacted with that community? Yeah, for the and- most part. Um, I mean, I originally, like they didn't have it. The discord didn't come at the same time as I think it was a little while after crash lands. Cause they were still on forums um, when crash lands first launched. Uh, but they moved to Discord not too long after and then get a verified Discord where kind of like the blue check mark in whatever other app you can get instead of a random number link or numbers and letters, you can actually just get like there's this discord.gg slash bscotch. So it's oh. an official link and it is a branded link. And there's other branding options that you get when you get like a verified Nitro server or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. when they brought their Discord up, I was right on it. Cause I, I mean, I use their forum, but I was already using Discord pretty heavily even at that time. And um, 
so yeah, when they brought up their Discord, I was one of the first people in. I was just like, oh great, now I don't have to go click F5 in the forums to see when somebody posts something. Right. I can just go check and scroll up and read the messages or whatever. And yeah, I, I interface with a lot of people and the devs are on a lot more frequently there because on their forums, they even chatted about how like they felt like just a one word response or one sentence wasn't faithful to their community. So they wouldn't be on as often. And then when they were, they would type up like a big paragraph. But then if they didn't type a big paragraph for everybody, they felt disingenuous, you know, and that mm. became a lot of maintenance just to interact with the community. But they really believe in that, you know, and they really believe in interacting and rewarding their community and just being part of it. And so being able to be on Discord where one sentence is fine, or you can comment on an entire thread of discussion with one right. sentence, you know, like, and it, and it goes wherever and you can have topic boards for food and exercise and a book club or whatever, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and have that stuff there. I think is, it is a perfect blend of IRC and forums and team speaker or, or voice. Well, and the fact that you can have it, I mean, it's, it's fully available on the phone, all functionality yep. enabled. And like you and I have had it before where, we've been in a discord chat on our PCs and a headset. And then I needed to go into the other part of the house for some reason, but we are in the middle of a conversation. So I just switched over to my phone mm -hmm. and joined the same chat room with my phone. And now we're having, you know, right. we just can and then I have Bluetooth headset or there's been times where, you know, you want to play a game and I want to walk the dog or something. Well, I mm -hmm. can Bluetooth headset to my phone. I'm on discord and it don't have to worry about it being like a phone call or whatether. It's, Right. It's the same. It's it's VoIP, so whatever. Right. But yeah, and and then just being able to have those functions at the ready, and like I said, uh, it, the text functions are great too. There's the image sharing is great. It doesn't downres images. In fact, it can open them in a new window and have them full screen. So like, if I share a two thousand pixel by fourteen hundred or whatever image, somebody can blow it up and see the full thing if they want, or I can blow up somebody else's. And I I like. The, automatic video integration you can play youtube videos just in it i think right. all of that is great it just makes sharing easy well it's been like eight minutes since i said world of warcraft so i now have to bring it up again <laughs> um but i <laughs> but i i actually so they have for retail wow they have a companion app that you can download on your phone which they've had now for the last couple of expansions well at least in in the last time I used it was actually before the current expansion, which has been out for a year and a half. So it's been a while, but anyway, previously what it was used for this companion app was like, there are um, like different world events popping up that you could see when they were going to take place mm. on your phone, or you have like a, the first time they did it, basically you have NPC followers that you get to send out on missions. Right. And, collect resources you can do that from your phone they have something like that in warframe too where you can oh, okay. yeah well so i looked at it yesterday um since i'm playing retail again now i looked at that app again and yeah they actually just have guild you can if you're in a guild you can actually just chat with your guild directly through the app without being logged into the game and it's just full guild chat oh, that that's you're awesome. right there, which i thought was pretty interesting yeah. but anyway um but yeah discord is just I mean, I, and I think we even said this before on maybe a recent episode, but it's just the the ultimate solution for all of that, for, for all the reasons that we've stated. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, as such, we have uh, decided to go ahead and launch our Pick Up Your Sticks. Um, So yeah, we'll have links for that in in the show notes, and we'll probably tweet out, you know, links or something periodically. But if if you're interested at all, you can also just follow us on Twitter and always ask us, you know, to join or whatever. But we would love for you guys to to pop into the Discord and, and hang out and... You know, again, even if you don't stay for forever, because I, I get it that everyone also already has established Discord right. community that they're a part of. So we're not even asking you to spend all of your time there, but just. Nah, but if you want to pop in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about or a thought that you have on a topic, just like we always invite you to do on the social media interactions, you know, pop into Discord and, and same thing. Um, and we'd like if we can get, you know, some people to, to start showing up in the Discord we'd like to extend that into maybe doing some streams where we play games with people and maybe we don't even stream it. Maybe we just get together and play a game together yeah. that we all, um, but we'd love to, to interact with, you know, with the listeners more. Uh, and we think that's going to be a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's just, it'll be a, another Avenue that we can, you know, help reach out and say if there's special events happening or behind the scenes stuff or whatever, or just, you know, like you said, if you don't want to be on Twitter, you don't want to be on, you know, Facebook or whatever, then yeah, that's another place, just another way to, to get in touch with us and, and hang out. Uh, I am a huge frequenter in discord. My, my second or my third 27 inch monitor, whatever sits vertically for discord. Um, Cause <laughs> I'm almost always in like 20 different communities and right. I filter them based on, you know, I will join. I don't, I'm not afraid to leave a community if it's for a game that I'm not playing anymore. Right. right. So like I was right. part of like five different Minecraft discords cause I was monitoring mod releases. So I was mm. wanting to like, I want to know when their mod comes out, but I'm muting everything else. <laughs> right. Right. And like, and then maybe I'm not following them on Twitter or maybe they only have an Instagram or whatever. Um, so just, following their discord was easier but yeah once i stopped playing minecraft i was like oh well i'm not i don't need these anymore so right but yeah i'm always in uh i mean it's like i'm in knuckle crackers discord because i want the the immediate updates on creeper world 4 um uh you know like i said level head i've got a couple of personal friend discords of just different groups of friends that hang out um yeah uh some star or not starcraft uh star made and some space engineers because some of them i use kind of like twitter because i don't want to see every tweet but i want Mm -hmm. the important announcements and then others i'm a lot more active and you know always online on those servers always checking those rooms and making sure that i i'm catching the conversations so yeah i'm i'm really active on discord it's my preferred platform for sure Awesome. Yeah. And something else that uh, and maybe everyone else is aware of this, that constantly happens to me where I discover something that's been known by literally everyone else the whole time. <laughs> um, but that's the ability to stream within discord, either to a specific chat room or even to a specific individual. So when Brett and I were playing Starcraft two a lot, one thing that we would do if we didn't want to play head to head, but we wanted to ladder, but we still wanted to like hang out while we were laddering, we would, we would join a discord call together and then whoever was playing would just stream mm-hmm. their Starcraft game to the other one. Cause otherwise you can't normally watch ladder. You can't yeah, you spectate. Can't, right. Games. But we were cool about it and we wouldn't tell each other until after game, Hey, you're getting supply blocked. You know, like we would, we'd be, be quiet observers during game. Yeah. You weren't- and even, if, I mean, even if you weren't, you still only got to see 
you know, let's say you were watching me, you could still only see my perspective. Right, yeah, so it's not like I could tell you he's pushing out with a bunch of, yeah. Right, it wouldn't be like if you were actually a spectator camera right. in the game. Um, but yeah, really cool, really cool feature and very simple to to just launch and go and do. Um, and then one other thing that we've that we've set up to to kind of hopefully interact with the community some more and, and, and get, engage with you guys is uh, we've started a Steam group, uh, also called Pick Up Your Sticks. The abbreviation is P U Y S Pod, just like our Twitter handle. Um, yeah, we're gonna start writing some reviews and, and, and curating games for you guys, so you can see games that we enjoy and, and find those easily. Uh, but same kind of deal. We invite you to, to, to you know, join the group and, and chat with us there. Um, really, we just want to be as engaged with the community as we can, because just like we've been talking about over the last few weeks, I mean, gaming is something that we love. And there are certainly games like Gree that we talked about, you know, within the last month and a half or two, um, is certainly a single player experience and probably one best played, you know, maybe if there's someone else in the room, like there, you and your wife, but I wouldn't want to be on a chat headset while right. I'm trying to play, right? Um, so not that there's no room for single player or disconnected playing, but there's just so much value in sharing experiences and community and playing with people. It just really adds a lot to it. Well, and it's like when I play Space Engineers, I don't want to stream that, but I'll still right. be in a voice chat and chat about anything. Because I mean, the thing is, is that sometimes it's just boring. Like most of the like, I just want to refine a bunch of material. So I'm going right. to hang around my base and maybe I'm going to plonk a couple blocks down and mess with some stuff, but I'm not going to do anything interesting. Like, right. but I can still be in a voice chat and talk about whatever else, you know? So, right. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, anyway, all of that to say, just we, we'd love to engage with you guys. Cause as we've been talking about, you know, that engagement with other people who also enjoy the same thing is just more fun. Um, so yeah, look again on Steam for Pick Up Your Sticks and uh, check us out on Discord also, the Pick Up Your Sticks Discord. So that's all for our episode today. Please join the discussion through Twitter at P-U-Y-S-Pod or by joining our Discord or Steam group. All of our links can be found in the description, so come and hang out with us. We would love to discuss your thoughts on a future episode. And if you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, and review us wherever you're listening. It really does make a difference. If you want more of Walker's insights on pretty much everything in life not related to video games, check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. Hey NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game, every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms, and restrictions apply. Everything in this shed, starting with those. Okay, gotta fix all of these. That, that'll be so easy. This needs some love for sure. Definitely that. True DIYers see projects everywhere. From repainting patio furniture to repurposing an old light fixture. For all of those to-dos, trust Krylon Fusion All-in-One Paint and Primer Spray Paint. It bonds to difficult surfaces and gives you maximum rust protection with no sanding or priming. And that's that. Krylon. Today we spray.